Hey, you're listening to the Debt-Free CEO Podcast, where you'll learn ways to manage your finances in your personal or business life to set you on the path to debt-free and on to financial freedom. I'm Megan, your debt-free finance coach, former high school math teacher, now a debt-free entrepreneur. In 2021, I paid off $53,000 worth of debt in 12 months so that I could walk away from the classroom. Whether you're on the path to debt-free or looking for ways to manage your finances better, you're in the right place. Walking the path to financial freedom doesn't have to be lonely. We're in this together. Hey friends, welcome back to the Debt-Free CEO. Today I have Jen, the founder of Dollar Divas, here to talk about her journey through entrepreneurship and also a little bit of mindset and strategy when it comes to money. So come on, Jen, say hi. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am so excited. I haven't had anybody come and talk about mindset on the podcast yet. So I'm really excited to give this to my listeners because it's not something that I am well known in or have like a good knowledge of. I have like my own mindset stuff that I do and work on and I'm very disciplined in that aspect, but it's hard for me to help others when it comes to mindset and money because I feel like for me, it's partly just ingrained and I'm just probably a little psycho when it comes to (laughs) those type of things too. So I'm so excited to have you. So go ahead and get started and tell us about yourself. Absolutely. So I'm a mom of two. I'm from Victoria, BC, which is on the West Coast of Canada for anyone who doesn't know. And I have not one, not two, but three different businesses that I run and manage and as well as helping my husband with his three businesses. So that total is six, just for anyone who's (laughs) counting. So yeah, money is front and center uh, my entire life, my entire career. I started out as a filing clerk at a credit counseling firm, was a financial advisor for five years, and then transitioned into money coaching right around the time my kids were born because I needed to figure out a way to balance all the things. And then I just sort of fell in love with entrepreneurship and haven't really looked back. That's awesome. So specifically, you can tell us how you got started in Dollar Divas, but you, if you want to share what your other two businesses are as well, I would love to hear that. Yes, absolutely. So Dollar Divas was born during my time as a financial advisor. I loved talking about money. I loved educating about money. And I found that everywhere I went, the education around finances for women was awful. It was very male-centric. And it, I found it kind of condescending, to be perfectly honest. And I just thought, I can do better. You know, like, I can really speak to women on a different level and create a open, honest, and transparent environment where people can ask questions and not feel dumb and not be talked down to. So I partnered with a local realtor, and we really just started out doing local events in our city and bringing women together at coffee shops and just having conversations about money, about real estate and investing and so many different topics. Like it was just so much fun. And then, you know, it transitioned into the online world. When I left financial advising, I took the Dollar Divas concept and just brought it online. And it's been a multiple different variations over the past, gosh, 12 years. And, um, you know, that's kind of how it all got going in in the Dollar Diva's name. But really, at its core, it's about women being comfortable with money and being okay talking about money and really wanting to be more financially comfortable and financially savvy. I 
love all of that. My mom is a real estate agent as well. And so real estate is something that I am slowly getting into. And I know a little bit about from her, but something that I'm passionate about as well. And it's so important that women feel empowered, that they can manage their money. They can manage finances. They can go out and buy a house. And I was raised by single mom. So I have had that ingrained into me my entire life. But yeah. it is, it's is a male dominant industry. And, you know, we always hear the the husbands take care of the finances and they're the ones that maybe sometimes bring in the money. They do the budgeting, they do all this stuff. And so that's something that I like as well is to help and empower other people and other women to know that they can be the ones that's in charge of their budget. I'm the one in our family that does the money and the finances. And absolutely, my husband is so appreciative of it because I will have conversations with him. I'm like, okay, honey, do you know how to do this? Like, could you do this? Like, God forbid if anything was to ever happen to me. I'm like, you know how to do these things, right? And he's like, yeah, I could do it. I could do it. I just don't want to. I'm like, okay, okay, just making sure. <laughs> That's awesome. And and it's funny, like we would go to meetings at like banks or not necessarily with like our mortgage broker because she was also a good friend of mine mm-hmm. <laughs> who knew us well. But we would go to these financial institutions and have conversations and the person we were talking to was always addressing my husband and almost ignoring me. And, you know, it was funny because I'm thinking, okay, I'm the one with the education here. I'm the financial expert in the family. Like I literally went to university for this stuff and have licenses and endless education. I've been studying money since I was 18 years old. This is insane that you are not even addressing me as if I am a person in the room. And and so that that really was a catalyst for me to just you know, get up on my soapbox and start ranting about women and money and how we need to take control, take our power back and really sink our teeth into something that isn't really that hard. It's just something we're not taught about. And society has drilled it into our brains that, you know, women are bad with money. And it's still so prevalent. Everywhere you look is just so much garbage about women and and money. And then you asked about my other businesses. So I'm going to quickly just slot those in real quick because I want to do that before I forget. So the other business, one of them is I run an Airbnb. And so that, that's that been a really fun adventure and learning about what, you know, the world of hospitality is like. And then my sister and I also have a business where we make gluten-free pierogies um, for our local market here, which is, that's our, my newest business. And it's a lot of fun. Where is your Airbnb at? Because that is, I'm trying to get into that as we speak. I've been working on finding a property for months now and I'm, exhausted, but I, I'm so close to getting one. So where is yours at? That's so crazy. that you So know. ours is local here uh, in a suburb of Victoria called Langford. And so we are very hands-on with it. We do have property managers that handle all of their bookings and things like that. But we're, we're really hands-on in terms of the turnovers. Like I was literally there yesterday doing a mad turnover because we had someone who requested to check in that night and we wanted to make sure it was all ready for them. And it's, yeah, like I said, it's been a lot of fun. And the reason we chose it was because it was local. It's our first investment property. We're just kind of figuring it all out and understanding the nuances of being a landlord and, you know, having this this other property that is in our control, but people, other people are living there, which is a new experience for us. Oh, that's so cool. We have so much more in common than I knew. I'm happy <laughs> you're on the podcast today. So kind of tell us what it is that you do with your clients in Dollar Divas. So currently what I do is work with entrepreneurs, teaching them to manage the financial side of their business. Very similar to like what you do and, you know, helping people get debt free. And, you know, I really 
hone in on the cash flow management and creating systems that are not only supportive to yourself and your business, but are also really easy and quick because, you know, I'm a mom of two, I've got three businesses, six that I manage. Like, I don't have a ton of time to be pouring over profit and loss statements and income reports. Like, that's just not something that I have the bandwidth for. And so I needed to create a system that was quick and efficient and effective so that the money still flowed and still supported me in the way that I needed to be supported, but didn't require hours and hours and hours of my time. And so, you know, once I created that that system that really, really works, and also I find that it's wonderful for people who don't love spreadsheets in the same way that I do. And so that's what I teach in my program. I work with entrepreneurs, whether they're brand new in business, who I love working with because they haven't made a mess to clean up yet, or people who have been in it five to 10 years and are realizing that the feast and famine lifestyle just isn't really working for them anymore. And they want to create some stability. They want to have more financial freedom that they thought they were going to have from their business, but didn't actually transpire. So that's that's what I do in my day to day now. Yeah. You said systems and automation. And those two things are so important as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. And I think it's something that when we first get started, we we're like, oh, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. And it gets continuously put on the back burner. And then we're knee deep. We're working 40, 60 hours a week and we're exhausted. And we're like, okay, this is not, this is not what I signed up not for. Not functional at exactly. all. I know it's, it's funny. Like in the last three or four months, I've worked with two different business owners. One who was brand spanking new into business, like literally had started her business a month before we started working together. And then another one who'd been in it for about three or four years. And just the difference between how much stress was involved in creating the systems was, I already knew in the back of my mind just how different it was, but it shown to having it shown to me like on a silver platter was really eye-opening because it really was one, the brand new entrepreneur, it was just like, oh, okay, this is what I do. I set up the system and it. this is how I allocate my funds. And shouldn't this be harder? Like she literally asked me, like, should this not be harder? And whereas the other individual, we had to, you know, there was a whole big thing with changing banks and moving all of her payments around and going through that headache. And it took much longer. It was a lot more stress in her life. And there was a lot more resistance because she already had this quasi working. I'm not even going to call it a system. It was just like a, a schmush, but it was a schmush that she made work for the last four years. And teasing it all out really was difficult. But at the end of the day, she was so happy that she did it. But the stress of the process was light years different. Well, it's like breaking a bad habit almost. You've done your certain way for so long, and then you're trying to work backwards from that. And it's like, okay, but you. I don't want to do it differently. So you're having to unravel that. And I can see how that can be difficult. So I want you to share your journey and how your mindset has evolved as you have founded Dollar Divas and how you have supported female entrepreneurs over the years. It's been a really long journey. And it's one of those things, like I always like to say, it's not something you can tick off a to-do list because there's always more to learn. There's always new things that pop up. And because money is so deep-rooted to our survival, there's always going to be baggage with it. So if you think that you're ever going to like tackle your money mindset, get a new dream because it's not going to happen. But the way that my money mindset has evolved over the years is really interesting because I started out being 
you know, like, oh, I can learn about money and I'm, you know, why do I want to be empowered? And I want to learn everything I can about money. I want to know all the things. And as I've aged, I've realized I don't need to know all the things. It's okay that I'm not an expert in futures or options or any of these other ridiculously complicated financial tools. What I'm really comfortable with is the things that I like. And I'm also okay with the fact that I'm not an expert at everything. And I'm really okay with the fact that I want to make a lot of money and I want to have a lot of money. And that doesn't make me a bad person. That doesn't make me, that doesn't make me evil or guilt or greedy or anything like that. It is just a tool. And that has been the biggest shift for me over the past uh, many years that I can't remember how to count now. But like it's, it really has been the biggest shift of, of determined to be an expert in everything to really being okay with just honing in on what works for me, what works for my family, what works for my clients, and just letting the rest of it go. And then also on the same page, being okay with desiring to have a lot of money. You said a couple of important things to always be a student. I think that is so powerful and so important as you go through any journey in life. But then also it's okay not to be the best, like you said. And I I know I struggle with that because Enneagram 3, perfectionism, like, no, if I don't know everything about it, then I'm not going to talk about it or I'm not going to teach about it or I don't want to share about it because I, I don't know everything. And that's just false reality. And so I like that you, you know, what you said about it's okay to have the things that you're good at and focus on those and you don't have to know everything. And then it is, it's okay. It's okay to want to be, you know, financially stable and to be financially secure and to have money. I go back to, it's all about what you want to do with that money and how you want to help and serve others and live your life. And that it goes back to, you know, that's going to show your true colors, whether if you're being greedy or not. So as someone with, you know, 12 plus years of experience in money coaching, what role does mindset play in helping, you know, female entrepreneurs overcome these financial challenges that you've talked about and then helping them achieve their long-term goals? Honestly, I'm a big believer that you can't have strategy without mindset and you can't have mindset without strategy because they are interdependent on one another for like real financial freedom because you can sit on your bed and think nice thoughts all day long, but unless you actually take action, nothing's going to happen. And yet, if all you focus on is the strategy and you're constantly thinking, this is going to fail, I'm terrible, I'm the worst, well, guess what? You're probably going to fail. So you have to have both to really see change. You cannot have one without the other. And the mindset is really what drives the strategy. And the strategy is what's going to help you reinforce that mindset. So you you can't just sort of focus on one and it completely ignore the other. And so like, I think that that's really a key part of it that a lot of people tend to forget. I find a lot of money mindset focus is they're like 99% mindset. It's 99% mindset. And I'm like, eh, maybe not. That's assuming you know? you're doing the action and the strategy. Exactly. <laughs> because that's assuming that you're taking the actions yeah. that come along with working on your mindset. Like I said, sitting on your bed thinking nice thoughts is not going to get you anywhere. And so you have to have both that really propels things forward. And so, you know, working with somebody like me or somebody like you, it's it's really both because you really do have to work on what somebody's inner money story is. Like we've all got one. Everybody has a money history. Everyone's got a money story. Everyone's got those little voices in their head that are saying all sorts of things, whether they're good or bad. 
And that's going to dictate how you take action, when you take action, and all of those other delightful things that come along with it. So you really need to focus on both if you want to move forward for the long term. You might get some short-term success, but the long-term success really comes from both working hand in hand. And it just goes back to, no, you did. It goes back to our inner thoughts too. You know, if we're constantly telling ourselves we suck, we're this, we're that, at some point we're going to believe it and that will affect every outward part of us. And so it, it has to, you know, go hand in hand with what we tell ourselves on the inside, but then also what we do on the outside and kind of makes me think of manifestation. And a lot of people either, they either feel really strong about it or they don't feel any way about it at all. And they don't think it works. And it's like, well, you know, you can manifest that you're going to go debt free, but are you doing, is your spending or things on the other side of that aligned? And it's very similar to what you're saying. So. Well, and, you know, here's my thoughts on, on manifestation. I don't want to get too far down that path because it can get very a little bit woo woo, but I manifesting really at the end of the day just means making something reality. That's all that really means. So whether, you know, you believe that the universe delivers it to you or you go out and get it yourself is irrelevant. Manifesting something is just bringing it into your reality and making it something that's real. So you can manifest debt-free financial freedom. You have to do things to make that happen. <laughs> and that is do- the hardest part is actually taking the action and doing it. Whatever it is that you want to do, you've got to get up off the couch and do it. So tell us, how does having the right mindset impact the effectiveness of these strategies that you've developed at Dollar Divas? Well, it's basically what you come came to say before is the, the inner thoughts, the things we tell ourselves, that is what is going to produce our reality. So if your inner thoughts are thinking, yeah, I'm terrible, I'm, I'm never going to succeed, I, I'm a failure, blah, 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 I'm terrible with money. Well, then guess what? You're going to be terrible with money and you're going to be a failure. And it's going to happen eventually because that's what your inner thoughts are telling yourself and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you're able to rewire and restructure some of those things, then that's going to start creeping into your actions. So one of the things I always like to work on with my clients is the languages they use with themselves around money and success and finances. You know, rather than trying to enforce, I'm great with money, because that's just, there's going to be that little voice inside their head that goes, no, you're not, big fat liar. I always like to sort of say, well, instead of saying I'm great with money, you can always tell yourself I'm working on it. So if you find yourself in that moment of, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get this. It's so frustrating. I'm big, you know, fat failure. Remind yourself, I'm working on it. I'm working to be better with money. And then suddenly that reframes the, maybe the hiccup or the stumble to, this is a process. This is a journey. This is not something that's going to happen overnight. And you're now suddenly kinder to yourself and you're able to reframe those those missteps because they happen. Missteps happen. Emergencies happen. Life happens. We're, we're moms. We're business owners. It's not always going to be roses, sunshine, and bunnies. But when you can reframe those missteps, those emergencies, then you can say, okay, I'm making this better. I'm working on it. And then that's going to show up in your actions. Because when your mindset is thinking, okay, I'm working on making better decisions, when you actually go to make a decision, you're going to be reminded, hey, I'm working at making better decisions here. And you're going to take a step back and go, do I really need to spend this money? Maybe I can make a better choice. Maybe I can buy a lesser subscription or I can make do without this new tool or toy or whatever. And 
that's going to start seeping into your everyday habits. Like it's not just our actions, it's those habits, it's those deeply ingrained things that make us who we are. And the way to shift those is to start with what's going on inside your head. And if you can start shifting those neural pathways, those high, those super highways that we've created, and you can start bushwhacking some new ones, then that's going to, like I said, seep into your actions. It's going to seep into your every day. And you're not even going to really notice it at first. But, you know, slowly over time, you really see the difference in how you behave, your actions you take, and the results that you get. We really are our toughest critic. Our our mind is so powerful. And so what we do and what goes on up here has an effect that can be very positive or detrimental. So yeah, that is very important. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about the significance of mindset in helping female entrepreneurs overcome these financial challenges and really how your experience has shaped your approach that you do with your clients. I'm going to answer this one with a story. So I was working with an entrepreneur who had spent a lot of their life as, you know, survival, in survival mode. Like things had not been very good in her home life. She struggled her entire adulthood with money. They were always living below the poverty line. Like things were not good. And, you know, we started working together and she was going into business for herself and she'd made some huge life changes, like left her partner, moved provinces. Like this was a, it was a big life shift. And we sat down and I said, okay, like what's, what's next? Where are we going? What are some of the outcomes you want to achieve when, you know, this, this new life shift? And, you know, she told me like, oh, you know, I think I'd like to just, you know, be comfortable and get by. And, and I said, well, hang on. Like, why do you want to just get by? Like, what's wrong with being wealthy? And she sort of went, oh, is that an option? (laughs) Like, it didn't even occur to her that being wealthy was an option. And I said, well, is it going to happen tomorrow? No. But if you don't shoot for it, you're never going to get there. So like, why not bring that into your reality as an option? It may not produce itself in the next year or two. But if you work toward it, you're a heck of a lot more likely to get there than if you were completely ignoring it as an option altogether. And that aha moment for her was so eye-opening that she could hope, that she could strive for wealth rather than just survival. And that was a huge shift. And I think that as an entrepreneur, that's what you need to do. You can't just think, I'm going to get to tomorrow. I'm going to survive. As an entrepreneur, you need to have, take a step back and look at the big picture and say, like, where am I going long term? It's tough because when you're a business owner, you do have to think about the day-to-day as well because you need your business to survive the first, you know, year, three years and, and all of that. But you can't fixate on just survival because if you fixate on survival, that's all it's ever going to be. It's only ever going to be survival. So looking at the big picture, seeing wealth as an option really changes the way that you build your business. And it changes the actions and it changes the strategies you use to get through the day-to-day in order to achieve a different end result. If you're just trying to get through the day-to-day, then you're probably going to take actions that are a little bit smaller, 
They're going to be a little bit less, you know, full, maybe a little fewer risks, but you're not going to achieve that like huge success that's going to bring you that freedom, that financial success that you're looking for. I love that story. And I'm sure in some places in my life, I have been in that similar situation where you only see what you know and know what you see. And so if nobody gives you permission to dream a little bigger or to see past what you have experienced your whole life, sometimes you don't even know that's an option. And so it's good that there are people out there like you, like me, that are able to help others see that that their current situation doesn't have to be their permanent situation. And so that is a very powerful. And so I'm going to ask this question, and you may have already kind of touched on it with this story, um, but do you want to highlight a specific success story or a case study where the combination of mindset and financial strategy resulted in a really big achievement for one of your clients? So I've got a different story for this one. So I had another client that came to me and she'd, you know, been fairly successful, but her, her business was always like, you know, I have to bring in more. It was that hustle because she never felt like she could sit back and really dig into what she loved. It was always, I need more clients. I need more income. I need more. And I think we all know that, that hustle, that, that pressure to bring in more revenue because the business is feeding it. The business is in control. That's when the business is in control rather than you. And so when we started working together, we, we really came across a ton of resistance. You know, she didn't trust the process quite as much as I generally would hope somebody who's already started to work with me, but there was a lot of resistance to it. And, you know, she felt like she was tied it came down, she felt she was tied to her bank, which was funny. Like that's, that's her, what was her hangup was she didn't feel like she could go and bank somewhere else. She had to stay with this person, this particular bank, because that's where her parents banked. And that's where she's always banked. And she didn't think that she could look elsewhere for a different opportunity. And it, it sort of had the effect of like handcuffs. Like she was handcuffed in this situation. And so once we started looking around and we found a different bank that was going to work for her, and it sounds so trivial, but that for her was her her hang up. And we we set up what I call the banking architecture. So using multiple different bank accounts that all do different jobs. And so we set up her architecture at this new bank where they would accommodate something like that because their other bank wasn't going to. They were like, no, essentially. And so we transferred everything over. We got it all moving. And suddenly she sort of like, I almost saw her take a breath of fresh air when we were on a call. It was really fascinating. Just, I said, well, how was this week gone? You know, you've got the new architecture, you're working in it, you've brought in some revenue and you've allocated it properly. Like, how do you feel? And she just went, "Ah." and you know, her shoulder dropped, all of those little cues, you know, the, the wrinkles around her eyes kind of let go a little bit. And I said, you look much happier. And she said, I feel so much better because I see exactly where the money's going. I can see exactly what it's meant to do, how much I have to pay myself with, how much I have to reinvest in the business. It's all just so simple. And it was that breaking of those handcuffs of feeling like she always had to hustle because she had this 
one sort of schmush account where everything was all jumbled and she had no idea what was going on. And she always just felt like I have to do more and more and more and more and more. And then we set up this, this system to support her. And suddenly she got the control back. She was the one in control. The business was no longer in control. And she was then able to take a step back and say, well, how do I want to run my business? How do I want to bring in income? And she ended up taking a complete left turn with the way that she brought in revenue. She said, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like the way that I've been bringing in revenue. I'm going to do this now. And I'm going to set up this new program. And like, she just, at that point, it was like somebody had lit a fire under her and she just ran. And it was amazing to see that shift from such what seemingly would be a trivial change, but it made all the difference in the world for her. Just allowing her to diversify where she was putting money allowed her, it opened a door almost to more freedom and more flexibility instead of being so in in a this box, so to speak. And so that is, that's a really cool transformation. So the last thing I really want to touch base with is let's chat some common challenges and misconceptions that female entrepreneurs often face when they are trying to balance mindset and then financial strategies for growing their business. I think the biggest one that I see so often, particularly with women, is the not paying themselves because they think that they have to reinvest every penny they make back into the business to make it grow, or they feel like they don't deserve it, or, you know, myriad of other junk that's that's not true. And am I saying that you're going to be able to quit your job on day one? No, that's not a reality. But it also doesn't mean you can't pay yourself something. From the business. So, my brand new business, the pierogi business, is a brilliant example of this. So, it's we started last December. So, it's been just about a year since we got started. And from day one, my sister and I have got a paycheck from that business. Now, there have been weeks when that paycheck has been literally like $30, but we've paid ourselves something. And that's a huge, huge hurdle for a lot of women and a lot of entrepreneurs to jump over when they're starting out in their business is that mindset of, I get paid to do this work. I am okay paying myself out of my business. My business will survive if I take money out and put it in my personal bank accounts and spend it on personal things. That is all right to do. And that's something that I work with a lot of entrepreneurs on is going from that, I have to put everything back in my business, you know, or even just giving themselves a raise or teaching them how to give themselves bonuses. It's a huge, huge shift. And psychologically, it becomes a major hurdle if they haven't been paying themselves anything because it just feels like they can't find a dollar out of their business to pay themselves with. And suddenly when we find that, usually I start with 1%. Like that, I've literally had clients that I've started like, just pay yourself 1% of your revenue. You can do the same business on 99% of your revenue pay yourself that 1% and they're scared even to do that. And so when we get that going, then suddenly psychologically it shifts of, oh, I can do this and my business will survive. Huh. And then it's much easier to increase that percentage rather than, you know, jump from nothing to a full-time paycheck. Like it's usually a, a stepping stone, a baby steps. We kind of slowly work their way to, you know, an actual paycheck out of their business. But 
that's a huge, huge hurdle for so many business owners, particularly women, because we tend to put ourselves last. Mm-hmm. Well, again, you're a, you're a mom. Society. I'm yeah. mom. That's what you do in motherhood. You think about everybody else. And then when it gets to you, you're like, I'm too tired. So now I don't I'm care. Sure. <laughs> no. I don't need anything now. I just want to go to bed. So yeah, that that's funny. And I was also thinking, I wonder what the percentage or I wonder how many of those same female entrepreneurs that struggle to pay themselves have spouses at home that provide financially for them or they don't feel like they, not they don't feel like they deserve to bring anything to the table, but um, that they struggle with um, wanting to bring something to the table or do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of women also, particularly the ones who, it's, if it's their side hustle or if they are not the primary breadwinner, they feel like it's not a real business. Yeah. They feel like it's a hobby. It's something they do on the side and they don't feel like a true business owner because, you know, it's not, they don't have a, an office. They don't have a brick and mortar, blah, blah, blah. Like they don't have all of the trappings mm-hmm. of a traditional business, but that's irrelevant. If you're yeah. making money, it's a business. And it doesn't, especially now with all of the wonderful tools we all have at our disposal, business has changed a lot in the last five years. Oh, so yeah. what a business looked like five years ago is wildly different in, in so many different aspects. And so, you know, they'll feel like, oh, it's not a real business. Oh, it's just this little hobby I have. You know, it's okay. I don't I don't really make any money and it's fine. And that's not going to help you create what you're wanting to create. You know, you're working so hard to serve your clients, to bring in revenue to your home, to build your business, treat it like a business and call it that. Like, again, it comes back to the language. Mm-hmm. Call it a business. Call yourself a CEO. That's OK. You can do that because that's what you are. And it and goes it just, back to the story you shared just a second ago about the the woman that only thought that she would just had to get by and to survive. And so it's very similar and relates to the same topic of that's not the reality. You can you can have big and wild successes. You can bring home a six figure income. You can pay yourself that if your numbers match and everything works out from there. But if you desire that, then you can have that. And so getting through that mindset barrier is key to helping these online entrepreneurs, these female entrepreneurs grow. So, well, what is the biggest piece of advice then that you would give somebody that's listening to this episode? The best thing that I always say, no matter who I'm talking to, is pay attention. Pay attention to your money. If you completely ignore your finances and expect it to always be there for you, (laughs) guess what? It's sort of like sitting on the couch and then trying to run a marathon. It's not going to go very well. It's not going to be there. It's probably going to hurt. However, if you pay attention to your money, then just by the like human nature of it, you will be better with money if you just pay attention to it. So I always recommend an hour a week. I call it the money power hour. You sit down at the very beginning of power hours when I work with somebody new. I say, just look at your statements. Literally, just look at them. See what's going in, what's coming out, what's going on. Like, is there any weird subscriptions that you bought three years ago that you forgot about? There's so many different things that can be happening with your finances that you can catch just by having a quick look. 
it's amazing what you find when you spend five minutes just surfing through your transactions. So that's that's the the best part. The best advice that I give anyone is just pay attention. Pay attention to your money. Pay attention to your mindset. Pay attention and change will happen almost immediately. Well, part of that's great advice. And part of that advice is their mindset is so negative going into it that they're in avoidance. And they're like, no, I know it's bad. I know it's ugly. I don't want to even look at it. So they don't. Whereas if they would just take the five minutes or an hour a week, like you said, and just sit down and actually look at it, their outcome would be substantially different. So I have one more story to really drive that one home. I had a client and she was very much like that, very avoiding, didn't like looking at it. it. It always brought up negative energy and things like that. And so when we started working together, I was like, okay, you need to just start looking at your finances. And she's like, okay, fine. She comes back the next week and she tells me, so I found something. And I said, what did you find? She said, I found a client that I haven't billed in nine months. And I was like, you found a what now? <laughs> Like she literally had not invoiced this client for nine months, just completely forgot because she wasn't paying attention. And suddenly it was this aha moment for her of like, I really need to pay attention to this. And it's amazing what you find when you just like, and she said, I found it in five minutes. Like I just looked and realized that, you know, this was not getting the voice. So it really is amazing how much you can find when you pay attention. Mm, That's rough. I've seen that happen to somebody else too. And you're in a very awkward situation of, I can't ask them for nine months of, if they think they've been paying it, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're under the impression that they have been paying it. And you're like, I can't ask them for nine months back. Oh, like, oh gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that that was dealing with it was a whole other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just the like fact that was... she didn't know still. Yeah, it's like you you should be on that. That's your money. Do you know what I mean? Like that is your income and your revenue coming in. So that's good stuff. Well, where can we connect with you on social media, online? Kind of tell us where to find you. Yes, absolutely. So best place to find me is on Instagram at jenpatterson.biz. And then you can also check out my website, dollardivas.org. I have a wonderful freebie that I think you're all going to love. It's called 50 Money Habits That You Can Implement Today to Up Your Financial Game. So it's literally, I'm a big habit believer. I actually didn't talk about that today, which I find funny. But habits really dictate what happens in your life. And I'm a big believer that those little shifts, those tiny little habits that you can implement Uh, really will make a massive difference. So I've created a list of 50 of them that are, you know, easy to implement. There's stuff that you can do in less than five minutes. And uh, so check out my website. I'll make sure that uh, Megan has the link for that so that you can download it and uh, get started improving your financial life. It is crazy that we didn't talk about habits because earlier you mentioned about having to retrain your thoughts, retrain your brain and create these new positive habits basically. And so, yeah, I can't believe we didn't touch on that, but I will make sure that that is in the show notes for them. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Debt-Free CEO podcast. Make sure you leave us a review and check us out on meganmendez.com. Connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at meganmendez underscore underscore. In the meantime, happy budgeting. See you next time.